With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online show as Friday Night Lights officially in the books and uh, Sean Callahan here with Robin Washington, Nate Klaus and it's safe to say a lot of times you, you don't know will a big event like this really deliver and not only did Friday Night Lights deliver this past week for Nebraska it was one of the best recruiting events not only in Nebraska's history but really arguably Nate um, you could say it was one of the best recruiting events ever put on by any school. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, for Nebraska, this is this was probably bigger than the spring game, and we thought the the last year's or this past spring spring game was probably the biggest event, at least in the last fifteen well, and years. Well, I'll preface it to June, like a June yeah. summer event. I mean, obviously, home games and those things are different, but I'm talking about a manufactured summertime event. Yeah, for sure. For Nebraska, it, without a doubt, this was the biggest uh, you know summer camp or recruiting event that they've ever held in the month of June. You know, there's USC's Rising Stars camp and Florida's Friday Night Lights camp and, and Ohio State's Friday Night Lights camp. Um, you know, all of those events. You know, I'm sure that at one point in time or another, they've had just as many high profile guys or maybe even more high profile guys. But for Nebraska. Not even close. This this past weekend's Friday Night Lights camp was by far and away the biggest event that, that we've ever seen in the month of June. Well, it was funny just talking with Mike Riley afterwards, too. He admitted that even he didn't really know what to expect out of this deal and was just kind of keeping his fingers crossed that, you know, this, this could be the type of event that they'd hoped it could be. And uh, it certainly lived up to that and more. Um, I mean, the fact that you got a listed 6,700 people uh, to come watch High school kids basically go through football drills and t-shirts and shorts. That's unbelievable. Um, that's unlike anything I've ever seen in, in my years covering this, and um, un- unlike anything any of those recruits had seen, unlike anything those coaches had seen, and definitely the thousands of fans that that, that made their way on uh, in Memorial Stadium. So I mean, it was un- kind of an unreal, surreal type deal. I mean, my, I took my family down uh, for the fan fest before it, and tried to walk around to get the free food vendors. And, <laughs> free food brings everybody. Out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so we, we were kind of our heart set on the Chick Fil A. They ran out of five hundred sandwiches in the first 20 minutes uh and then it moved on to the runza and then the amigos and basically the whole free food was cleared out hot dogs were like the last thing left immediately within the hour uh and so that just leads me to believe that you know regardless of just kind of the the football recruiting standpoint of this whole deal and the camp standpoint but the event of this thing is going to go, only going to continue to grow. Uh, I have a feeling that the, the football staff, the university staff, athletic department, they're going to really kind of put their heads together over the next year uh, to make this thing even bigger than what we saw last year, just from a fan perspective, to to really blow this thing up even more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. As, uh, we put a recap on Friday Night Lights, and, and that, that's what's interesting, because last year, Nate, 3,000 fans 
uh, plus. It was a special atmosphere. And I remember you and I were like, how are they going to top this? You know, it, it was unbelievable. Well, they, they added a DJ. They had the video boards going. They had the fan fest. They really promoted it hard um, to get 7,000. And now you're like, how are they going to do this better next year? But I, I think the reputation is just going to continue to spread. And you're going to get kids that will just show up to want to be a part of something like that. And that happened this past Friday. Yeah, it did happen this past Friday. You know, word of mouth, especially in the recruiting circles, is accounts for an awful lot. You know, all these kids, they go to a lot of the same camps and um, are on campus at different junior days or spring games or whatever the case may be. And they all talk with, with one another. They all talk about, you know, where they've been, what they've seen, what they've experienced. And uh, there were a lot of repeat campers that were at last year's Friday Night Lights camp, one or the other, that decided that it went, it went so well that they came back to this year's and they told their friends about it and they brought, you know, guys that they knew up to the camp. And, um, you know, you know, one good story is that Jordan Clark, a 2019 cornerback out of Louisiana, the son of former NFL uh, defensive back Ryan Clark, um, they came up because of the reputation of the camp. They knew that there was going to be a lot of big-time players at this camp, and they just on a whim decided, hey, let's head to Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend and, and compete at this camp because there's going to be a lot of high-profile recruits there. And you know what? His son earned an offer, so it, it paid off. But, um, you know, because he was going against some of the best players in the country. So uh, this is the type of thing I think is just going to continue to grow, especially now that uh, kids are talking about it and, and uh, you know, young guys have been there and they'll, they'll certainly be back. You're listening to the Oscar Online Show. And um, as, as you look at an event like this, it's always judged off, well, where's the immediate return? I mean, if you're a fan, you want commits, 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 and you want them right now, and you want four- and five-star guys uh, to, to make decisions and pick Nebraska. Uh, Nate, the Nebraska gets one commit, Garrett Nelson, 2019, hybrid defensive end linebacker from Scotts Bluff. Uh, they added a walk-on as well um, from Lincoln Southwest. Um, but as far as actual commits uh, for 2018 – um, they haven't come yet, uh, but you and I both agree that they are going to come soon. Yeah, they'll be coming down the road. This is a deal where I think that you know several of the guys that we've talked to have kind of basically said that that Nebraska picked up a couple silent commitments on the weekend. So I think it's just a matter of time until some of those kind of become public, and and we're going to see this weekend or this past weekend be a direct result of a handful of commitments that that come down the road. You know, when whenever these these commitments do become public, or whenever there are a couple guys. That that, that announce their decision, you know, when, when we're able to talk with them, they're going to say, well, it was because I attended Friday Night Lights Camp and the Big Red Weekend and that atmosphere, and I was around X, Y, and Z recruits at Nebraska's campus. And, and these these commits were the guys that, that really told me, you know, why they committed there and, and helped me see, you know, what Nebraska's building there. There's, a, there's somewhat of a buzz around Nebraska right now and this recruiting class, and a lot of it has to do with obviously the coaches, but with the current commitments, especially a guy like Buki Radley Hiles, who is very, very active in recruiting for Nebraska, and, and he's a well-known prospect. And, and other high-profile guys are saying, "Okay, why is this guy committed to Nebraska? What's what's going on there?" And, and they're becoming interested in it. So uh, this weekend is going to most definitely produce several more commitments down the road. You know, the one Robin that everyone's interested in is Micah Parsons, the, the five-star outside linebacker. And uh, I think everybody at the table here right now would agree he put on 
about as impressive of a, of a showing as, as any player at the camp on Friday night. There's the argument that goes around that stars don't really matter. Uh, when you look at the field of players on the field last weekend, it wasn't very difficult to figure out who the five-star was compared to everybody else. Micah Parsons was a different type of athlete uh, than we've seen from a high school kid in a long, long time. In fact, I'll go as far to say, and you guys have watched a lot more high school camps than I have, but uh, I've seen a few. And Micah Parsons was by far the most impressive pure athlete for his size, speed, and everything combined that I've ever seen uh, as far as a high school player. Um, and I know there's guys on, on our message board that made comparisons to Lawrence Taylor. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this kid's the real deal. Um, obviously, I've never seen him play with pads on. That obviously makes a difference. But um, just the fact that he was burning four-star cornerbacks and defensive backs in the one-on-one. Then playing uh, corner. <laughs> and then playing corner. Uh, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, Athletes like that don't come around very often, and Micah Parsons lived up to every bit of that five-star reputation. Yeah, I've never really seen anything like it uh, before. You know, there's there's really one one other athlete that I think uh, that immediately comes to mind, and that's Monte Harrison, and, and and not just because of what I saw out of Monte in a camp setting. It's kind of a, a cumulative deal, you know, able to to see him in a camp setting and, and play football and baseball. So, um, so he's probably the most impressive athlete that I've been able to witness, you know, doing several different things in person. But in a camp setting, Micah Parsons is probably the most impressive that I've ever seen. You know, he, he's a guy who could legitimately project to five or six different positions on either side of the football when you're talking about outside linebacker, inside linebacker, defensive end. Could, he could probably play a running back. He could be a tight end or maybe even a big wide receiver from, from based off what we saw this past weekend, how, how he was torching some four-star corners out there. So, uh, I mean, he is a legitimate difference maker. You talk about instant impact type of players, and, and that's exactly what he is, and that's why he's a five-star. Well, we've got a whole show on tap here today. We're going to uh, go down the ranking the Big Ten on defense. We haven't really got a chance to talk about that and where Nebraska's players rank amongst the league. Uh, we'll get an update from Robin Washington on Husker basketball and uh, Ty Webster getting a shot at the NBA and Teron Petaway still hanging in there. Uh, a lot of Husker targets also in the opening. Um, and, and then a full update on all the latest in recruiting. That's all next here on this week's Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett as uh, we're going to talk about our Ranking the Big Ten series. A while back, we broke down our offensive guys. Never got a chance to, to kind of look at the defensive names and where the Husker players stood on those lists. And, you know, not a huge surprise, but Nebraska doesn't have a lot of players on these lists because they did graduate several players um, on their team, and, and they're going to be breaking in a lot of new faces in starting roles that really haven't been in starting roles, Robin. And, you know, when you look at this defense, I mean, guys like Chris Jones obviously made the list, but other than Chris Jones, not a strong representation by the Black Shirts on our early uh, top five player list uh, around the Big Ten. Yeah, and a lot of that, you know, has to do with just the fact that Nebraska just doesn't have guys that have done it yet. Um, you know, they have guys that have a lot of potential. Um, you know, the Davis twins, Mick Stoltenberg on that D-line, um, you know, maybe even a freedom, uh, Akamoldun, if, if he's able to come into his own. So, I mean, there's guys Carlos like, Davis, Carlos, Mick yeah. Stoltenberg. Yeah, yeah, I said. And so those guys, you know, they have that potential uh, to be in that conversation. But right now, 
The reality is the Big Ten has far more established, more decorated, and quite frankly, more proven uh, players at a lot of those positions, especially uh, on the, the defensive front seven, uh, on the defensive line of linebacker. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we, we talk about ranking the Big Ten on defense. And you know, two teams, particularly, Robin, within the Big Ten West, Iowa and mm-hmm. Wisconsin, um, heavily represented on those lists as um, you know, both the Badgers and the Hawkeyes lost some key guys at running back and quarterback, uh, but they return a lot of big name guys on defense, and, and they had a lot of guys make these lists. Yeah, and I mean that kind of ruffled a lot of feathers uh, on our message board, um, just because people uh, there's a lot of a big portion of Nebraska's fan base has been pounding their fists that. This is how you win in the Big Ten. You you win the trenches. You win on the defensive lines, the offensive lines. You win at linebacker, and quite frankly, Wisconsin and Iowa, you know, especially those two dominated a lot of these lists. And you know, there's there's a reason why those guys were better than Nebraska last year. So I mean, it's it you know, it, it's a frustrating situation. Um, but but again, you look at linebacker too, uh, and I think there's still a lot of guys Nebraska has that could be in that conversation. I think Chris Weber's a sleeper guy yeah, to watch. I mean, I mean he's going to have a very productive season. In that's my the opinion. thing about these lists is it's basing it all off what we know right now and the reality is nebraska just has too many question marks on their defense with the whole transition to a three four we just don't know what the thing's going to look like and how guys are going to adjust and um, you know who's going to thrive and who's going to struggle so i mean uh, this list could be vastly different if we were to make it in november than when we're making in the middle of the summer i think too when you look at the big 10 ohio state wisconsin (laughs) and iowa uh, but particularly Wisconsin and Ohio State, I mean, they have what I think are top 10 national defenses right now. Ohio State had three of our top five defensive ends alone, and I probably could have put four the on there. The top corner, right? Yeah, in the top corner, it, it basically there was going to be an Ohio State guy in the top three of basically every position. So um, there's a reason why they're considered a, a, one of the favorites to win the national championship this year because you go up and down that roster – they are loaded, and it doesn't matter. A corner, they have the number one corner despite losing two cornerbacks in the first round last year. I mean, that's just the reloading. That's, that's recruiting. It's, it's nuts. And so, I mean, it's there, there's a finely tuned machine going on in Columbus, Ohio, that um, they're, they're absolutely stacked at every position, and um, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, not only for the Big Ten, but for all college football. You know, it's interesting, though, how Wisconsin has a lot of guys on there, too, in Iowa. Uh, but it's a different type of guy. They're 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 guys that are developed mm-hmm. more their um, system in their system. And, and and it's you know I think Nebraska fans sometimes they want it both ways. They want the five star guy, but then they also want some of the old school developmental guys that come up the ranks like we saw here. Um, and and sometimes I don't know if you can have both. I mean, that, but I feel like that's what Nebraska and the fan base would love is not only the five star guy, but they want. You know, a, a development guy like Josie Jewell, who right. has turned himself into an All-American um, as somebody you probably wouldn't have expected to be an All-American. Yeah, our number one middle linebacker, a kid who was a walk-on who had, or yeah, who had, I think, one offer. Uh, so, I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about uh, finding players. And so, I mean, there's no clear method. Obviously, Ohio State has mastered finding the best of the best. Well, Wisconsin, they, they've kind of found their own niche, too, which where you get guys that um, maybe were a bit... Uh, less heralded uh that have really i think wisconsin in the in-state alone and and, you know they they dominate the north well nate Nate can attest to this as i bring nate klaus in i mean i feel like the state of wisconsin a lot of those kids just don't get looked at in recruiting 
And, you know, some of these guys, if they were evaluated or went out to more events, they probably would be on the radar more. And they come into Madison like a Jared Aberderis or somebody and um, all of a sudden they're, they're you know, high level NFL guys. Yeah, there are there are a ton of um, prospects that come out of the state of Wisconsin that for whatever reason fly way under the radar. Um, and, and typically it's more in the trenches. It's it's bigger guys. They've got a ton of big bodied prospects that Wisconsin can get in the program, whether it's on a, on a scholarship or as a walk-on, and all of a sudden, you know, two or three years down the road, these guys are monsters at, at a handful of different positions. But typically, uh, they've always got good tight ends, defensive ends, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and a lot of them come from within the state. They're just a, a ton of big kids there. I don't know if it's it's – ton of Norwegians or I don't know I mean I don't know what it is but <laughs> Viking blood yeah I remember doing a, it was a, a few years ago I, I did some sorts of a, some sort of search on our on the rivals.com database of of kids who are six foot five and taller that out of the state of Wisconsin for just that class and there were over 30 kids it listed in the rivals.com database in the state of Wisconsin that were six five or taller I mean if you can't find a handful of those guys and say hey look, we got to get this kid in the program because a few years down the road after being in our strength and conditioning uh, program and being in our nutrition program, he's going to be a monster. I mean, if you can't find a few guys like that, um, then you're, you're doing it wrong if you're Wisconsin. Well, that, that was the genius of Barry Alvarez, that he developed a system that developed and kind of used their own natural resources. And to be fair, that was the genius of Tom Osborne. He found a system that allowed the 6'2 linemen to have success. And I was joking with Cav, Nebraska, the state, it's home to the 6'2 linemen. Mm-hmm. And Cav goes, it sounds like America, Samoa. <laughs> because, you know, there's a lot of short Polynesian and Samoan guys as well um, on the line. And, and, and that's kind of the challenge. I think to run the offense that Nebraska runs – um, they don't necessarily have the tackle bodies here. Chris Walker is one of the few that I've seen, and um, that will be can always be a challenge for me. Uh, is Nebraska can they find tackle bodies locally, like a Wisconsin or even a Minnesota, and some of these teams are able to find year in and year out. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there there just aren't a ton of six five or taller offensive linemen walking around the state. Um, you know, like you said, it's it's the there's a bunch of you know six two guys walking around, and a lot of those guys go on to smaller programs and and have a heck of a career. You know, I, I think uh, a guy like Gavin Rush immediately comes to mind. Where if he were a couple inches taller, he probably would have had all sorts of offers, but uh, ended up at Wyoming, and I think he's going to have one heck of a career there um well even um you know nebraska's current guards uh i was at the camp and the south dakota state offensive line coach is like wow nebraska likes their guards fairly short i mean gerald foster and tanner farmer aren't tall guards um so yeah i I think that is going to be something to see how it develops over time once cav gets his guys here um as we totally have shifted off a defensive talk (laughs) and now we're talking (laughs) offense but um we want to just talk about our defensive stuff here on the Ranking the Big Ten. When we come back, we're going to shift over to basketball. Uh, NBA draft took place um, over the last week. Um, Nebraska obviously didn't have anybody drafted in the two rounds, but Ty Webster is getting some looks. Uh, Teran Petaway also in the mix for some stuff. We're going to talk Husker hoops um, and get a summer update with Robin Washett. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com. 
your authority on Nebraska athletics. Welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett as talking to NBA draft and no Huskers drafted. I do got to ask you though, Robin, Justin Patton, Omaha North product, drafted in the first round, I believe 16th uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, you got to admit that now looking at it, I mean, I know when he first got his offer in Nebraska, like, oh, we didn't know about him, didn't get an opportunity. Uh, but, man, that has to – I mean, that just stings when you think about it. Uh, yeah, a number 16 NBA draft pick in Omaha, um, and Nebraska didn't even get a swing at the guy. Yeah, and there's a lot of other schools that wish they could have got a swing too. But, um, you know, it's funny, Greg McDermott, Creighton's head coach, tweeted out you know, after the draft that saying, um, I think, Two, two or three years ago, this guy was selling soda pop at the CWS. I was and, there that day. Yeah, and now he's he actually he, that's when he got the offer and committed. You know that during the CWS. I was game. That, McDermott walked up to the stand, yeah. I, and the, Jared Anderson, a longtime friend of mine, the North High coach, I grew up with him, had his team working there. Marquise Lewis was in there, and Greg McDermott offered him. Mm-hmm. And then the, our, our friend, the late Stephen Pivovar, was writing the game story for the CWS. He came down and interviewed Justin Patton in the concession stand. <laughs> for his commit story, wearing one of the Mecca TD Ameritrade uniforms, and lo and behold, a couple years later, he's, he signs a multi-million dollar contract uh, with the Timberwolves. But yeah, it's a great story. Got to give Eric Bossy credit too. He put him in the Rivals 150, had him high, top 50, top, and a lot of people were critical of that locally. Um, I remember at state basketball, I believe all of us watched him out there and. A lot of the 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 know-it-alls in PBA were not impressed um, with Pat, and he didn't play well that game. But yeah. he uh, didn't have a good high school career. I mean, there's a reason why people were so down on him. I and mean, for a kid that was that tall, that athletic, uh, he was not a very good or at least coordinated basketball player. And the stats showed that. I mean, he was mediocre at best, and that's why that. I mean, Creighton they they took a risk. And it paid off and in they a were, major I mean, way. So, I mean, they, they had the luxury of being able to redshirt him, uh, to let him have a year to develop, and that paid off huge. And how many lottery picks redshirt? Exactly. I mean, that, that, it I just mean, doesn't happen. That's like one in a hundred, right? I yeah. mean, unless a guy got hurt. But I can't think. I mean, in today's one-and-done culture, a lottery guy, um, just I mean, if he would have been hyped up more, there's no way he's playing for a local Omaha AAU team. He's yeah. he's playing somewhere big in the summer probably. He, he was an unranked prospect with zero offers, Creighton offers, and all of a sudden he goes to one summer camp and is vaulted to a four-star top 50 player. So, I mean, like I said, you, you just got to tip your hat to Creighton. I mean, they they identified him, they took a risk, and obviously reaped the rewards. Let's talk uh, Nebraska now. Nobody drafted, but Ty Webster, um, you know, he finished with a great career here. Uh, has a real opportunity if he wants to to make big six-figure money playing overseas, um, but he's going to take a swing at the NBA. It looks like right now. Uh, what can you share right now with Ty Webster? Yeah, Ty Webster is actually taking a fairly unique path um, as part of the NBA Summer League here, starting up in July. Um, he is going to start off playing with the Charlotte Hornets in the first kind of round of games in Orlando um, from July 1st to the 6th. Then he's going to go join up with the Golden State Warriors uh, and play with them um, in Las Vegas. And that's at the, the third session, uh, so July 7th through the 17th. I'm not sending you to cover those games. Uh, Sorry, Robin. Well, that's disappointing. But so, I mean, he's going to get looks from two different teams uh, that he wor- had workouts, pre-draft workouts with both of those teams. Uh, so obviously there's some level of interest there. And the fact that Golden State um, kind of went out of their way to – 
kind of share some summer league games with Charlotte shows that they, they actually have some interest in him. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, obviously uh, there's a couple different routes you can go. There's the new G League, which I'm, I'll admit I'm not exactly fully familiar on that, but it's kind of this new, um, I guess, outlet to where players can continue to play with NBA franchises kind of in a minor league setting. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of what he wants to do. Um, I'm sure he'll get a pretty good gauge of where his NBA chances are. Um, and then, like you mentioned, I mean, he could leave right now and go back to New Zealand and make six figures playing professionally over there. Uh, so he's going to have a ton of different options. And uh, I think kind of where he goes next is going to ride a lot on the next few weeks here in July. The, what is the D League? And are there is there now the D League and the G League? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll admit I, I don't really know that much, uh, but I do know that the G League is this new thing this year. Uh, I think it's kind of replacing the D League uh, to to be kind of the the triple A, so to speak, uh, for the NBA. Yeah. It, the, the whole. I mean, the, the CBA model you know, used to be a pretty good model. And then it, it got all blown up into the D league. And, and, you know, a lot of the CBA franchises became D league teams. Omaha used to have a team uh, in the CBA and it was great, but um, you got to wonder, you know, if you're Ty Webster, the sure money overseas versus kind of a long path. I mean, to me, it seems like he's more of a fit anyway to play overseas. I will say that when, before he left, you know, we were doing our senior day stories with him. He's, he did not seem very interested in going back to New Zealand. In fact, I think that might be a last resort type deal for him. So um, he's going to give this G, this NBA uh, path uh, everything that he can because um, you know I think that he obviously has accustomed himself to American lifestyle and um, just well, he's got a girl, he's got a pretty yeah, serious girlfriend yeah. around here too. I so mean, moving halfway across the country probably isn't the first thing he wants to do. So um, you know, like I said, uh, the good news is that there are teams, particularly the defending world champion uh golden state warriors that have a legitimate level of interest that they're going to give him a very strong look um over the next couple weeks here and uh, if he plays well who knows what can happen we're talking summer nebraska ball storylines here with robin washett uh teron petaway as well uh what's the latest on him first of all I've, I've looked it up and the g league is actually what was the the d league okay so it's the same thing but it's just called the g league now we're a so, highly researched yes. Tusker podcast yes. well, here, yeah, so. here now okay so back to Teran Petaway. he too will get a run in the summer league just like he did a couple years ago uh, when he was coming out of Nebraska I mean, he spent this past season playing overseas in Italy and did really well um, and he's going to get uh, a tryout working with the Boston Celtics summer league team so um, you know again he, he's going to give it another crack but you look at a Boston situation, they're kind of a guard-loaded team right now, and so just looking at the rosters and the numbers, you wouldn't think he has a very good chance. But the one thing about the Summer League is it's not just the team for which you're playing that you're trying to vie for a roster spot. There are going to be GMs and execs that are going to watch all these games, and if he plays well, and you know, obviously if Boston might not have a spot for him, there could be another team um, that – you know, we'll give him a look. And uh, he had workouts with the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, with the uh, Dallas Mavericks, and I know the Brooklyn Nets were also showing interest in him. So, I mean, he, you know, he's another guy that, that could have some options. And one thing about Turan that's different than the first time around that he, he went through this process is he's so much more mature 
as a person. You know, obviously he's two years older. Um, he played professionally, uh, was able to kind of get away from the college basketball bubble. Uh, and maybe most importantly, he just had a newborn son. That's kind of really, I think, refocused him. So um, you'll st- hopefully get the, the, a more consistent, more kind of grounded uh, Terran Petaway because when he's on his game, uh, I think he's more than talented enough to play in the NBA. It's just a matter of being consistent and uh, basically keeping his head together. And then briefly as we wrap it up, Robin, the basketball live period will go on here in July. Um, things have been obviously quiet here in the month of June um, but what kind of movement, numbers, action can we expect to see here in the live period? Yeah, uh, with 2017, I still think that they're done. Um, they're going to hold on to those two open spots, and the only way that changes is if you know a, a transfer comes along that you know they, they feel not only is you know going to come there but can help them down the road. And right now, I just don't see that happening. So you look at the, ahead; all their efforts really are being put into 2018, 2019. Um, on Wednesday night, they just offered a kid, um, a Rivals 150 power forward, 6'9", 6'10", kid named Nate Roberts, who coincidentally plays for the same Brewster Academy um, prep school that uh, Thomas Allen played for, that Isaac Copeland played for, and um, is kind of from that, that Raleigh area, um, with Anton Gills from there as well. So a lot of connections there with, with Kenya Hunter, and they've had success with Brewster Academy. So something to keep an eye on there. Um, and maybe the other big news was their two top 2018 recruits, uh, Keyshawn Embry from Midwest City, Oklahoma, and Eric Hunter from Tindley School in Indianapolis, both kind of cut down their list of schools. Keyshawn cut down his final five, and Nebraska made the cut. So Nebraska's sitting pretty good there. Uh, and then Eric Hunter, he released his top six. So it's not a final six, it's a top six. And Nebraska, again, made the cut. So um, the two top guys that have been on Nebraska's board for a while now um, you know, are starting to narrow things down, and the Huskers are still in it. All right, when we come back, we're going to shift our talk back over to football recruiting as Nebraska will have a lot of other targets as well this weekend at the opening in Oregon. We'll get a full preview of that with Nate Klaus next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as uh, recruiting is kind of slowed down here as now we're going to be in the month of July. Uh, but still one major summer event to go. That is the opening. It's a Nike-sponsored event uh, that takes place on the Nike campus, I believe, in Beaverton, Oregon, um, it's a multi-day event, Nate, and usually around the time of year, we're not really talking much about you know Nebraska targets or guys involved in this event. Maybe one or two, um, uh, but this year's different. Um, Nebraska will go into the opening um, with a large group of guys um, that a lot of them were in Lincoln this past weekend for the five star or for the uh, Friday Night Lights camp, and, and and you'll see some of these names again out here together at a camp in Oregon. Yeah, this is by far and away, I think, the most prospects and commits that I can remember being involved with the opening. Um, It's the last kind of premier camp out there or showcase or whatever you want to call it where all these guys had to to go to a a regional Nike camp and kind of earn an invite to the opening. Uh, So this is kind of the best of the best. And Nebraska is going to have three commits there and probably – I'd say between 20 and 25 legitimate 
targets that uh, that are out in in Beaverton, Oregon, um, and working out. And and the interesting thing here is that um, so they split these guys into different teams. I, I think it's four uh, different different teams, four or five different teams, uh, seven on seven teams, or and then the the offense and defensive linemen kind of compete against one another as teams during the you know one on ones and whatnot. So. Um, on one team in particular, you've got three. You got all three Nebraska commits that are going to be there, and probably about seven or eight different targets, all on the same team. So these guys are spending, oh, probably four days together at least, all all day every day together. So you're going to have uh, the commitments are Joshua Moore, four star wide receiver. Uh, Buki Radley Hiles, Rivals 100 cornerback, uh, and Chase Williams, four-star defensive back, and they're going to be on the same team as Michael Thompson, four-star offensive lineman, defensive lineman out of St. Louis, uh, Rivals 100, Talanoga uh, Hufanga, he's a safety out of Oregon that visited for the spring game, uh, five-star Micah Parsons that was here for Friday Night Lights, TJ Pledger, who's a Rivals 100 running back that was here for Friday Night Lights, uh, four-star are Brian Addison, who's a safety out of Gardena Serra High School in California, and Will Craig, who's a four-star offensive lineman. All those guys are going to be spending pretty much every day together here for the next four days, specifically on the same team. So, um, and, and Buki is is kind of the recruiting coordinator of this class. So, uh, I have a feeling that this could be a very productive weekend for Nebraska, especially coming off the heels of what we saw this past weekend at Friday Night Lights yeah, and Big Red Weekend. What do you think? You know, a guy like Buki goes into this, like, what, what do you think his role is and uh, kind of what do you think he'll really be trying to do as far as maybe some of the key targets? Well, he's, he's told me that he's got a plan put together and that he has talked with the other guys, um, the, meaning the other commitments, Joshua Moore and Chase Williams. <laughs> about um, you know what guys they need to, to really kind of talk to and and be in the ear with and 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 what guys um, that are also out there that may be on the periphery of Nebraska's recruiting ra- radar for the average fan um, that you know but are have been receptive to you know learning more about Nebraska so uh, there are a handful of guys out there that that Buki and and Joshua Moore and Chase Williams are going to be kind of talking with and and kind of convincing them to take a closer look at Nebraska, maybe take a visit. And some of these guys are committed to other programs. So, um, you know, but Buki's told me, I've got a plan put together. And so far, uh, he's he's had a plan put together for the spring game, and that was a fruitful weekend, as we all know. Uh, he had a plan put together for this past weekend, uh, which resulted in one commitment and a couple of silent commitments uh, that will come out later on down the road. So I, I think that uh, you know it's it's wise to kind of trust that Buki does have a plan put in place, and and we'll see what happens. But I, I think most of it is is all about kind of uh, getting these guys interested in Nebraska and and telling them exactly what's going on there why they need to visit uh, why they need to be a part of this class and you know as we talk about the opening coming up this weekend with Nate Klaus you really can't even put into words how valuable just that FaceTime with guys like that is because it's probably one of the only times these kids will be together um, I mean there's a chance they could be on an official visit but that's pretty rare um, and obviously all-star games, whether it's the Under Armour game or the Army game, is the other opportunity. But to have that many guys in one place, there's really only about four times in recruiting a year it happens. The, the Rivals Challenge, 
the the opening and obviously the All Star games. Yeah, and uh, and this happens to be at pretty much the perfect time in the recruiting cycle too, because you've you've uh, you know it's basically the middle of the summer. It's before their senior years have started, before official visits have started. So all these guys have all of their official visits still on tap and they could schedule these. And, um, you know, when you talk about the all-star games as a place to, for kids who are committed to one school to do a lot of recruiting, well, a lot of times it's pretty late in the process to, for these guys to all of a sudden become interested in a new school or, or to, to rearrange their remaining official visits or what, whatnot. So I think that this is a prime opportunity for Nebraska and their commitments to do some recruiting for the Huskers. And, and you also have to, to give some credit to Nebraska's uh, recruiting office, especially their graphic design department. They did some creative graphic designs, wishing all their targets good luck. So you've seen all these recruits kind of tweeting out these, these graphic designs shouting out Nebraska saying saying hey thanks for the the good luck note um, in the the graphic design that they sent these guys so uh, it's definitely a coordinated effort with a, with a lot of these different players well there'll be a lot to follow uh, no doubt uh, out of Beaverton Oregon um, not only um, throughout the weekend but obviously in the days after as um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what some of the stories are that come out and I'm sure uh, Nate Klaus and, and the team here will have full coverage of that. When we come back, we're going to delve more into kind of the day-to-day recruiting and where things are at. Uh, the Huskers added a quarterback uh, for the 2018 class as a walk-on and a few other new ca- camp rumblings that we haven't got to yet. That's next here to close the show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show as we'll talk some more recruiting here as big week with Friday Night Lights and all the different visitors that were on campus for Nebraska as Nate Klaus joins me again here uh, to, to wrap up the show, um, Nate. And, you know, let's first get to kind of the, the news. We touched on it briefly in the opening, but Garrett Nelson uh, from Scott's Bluff commits to Nebraska a week after he got his offer. I think both you and I kind of saw this coming uh, we hinted about it um, after the uh, Friday Night Lights camp a week ago, um, even after the camp on Friday. You and I both talked like, you know what, this looks like a guy that's already committed by his body language. Lo and behold, a day later, um, he makes it official. Um, you know, Not a shocker. I, I think still the biggest shock to me with Garrett Nelson is how quickly Nebraska moved on a panhandle player from a Class B school that they knew very, very little about uh, for him to make that kind of impression um, and move it that quick, it's pretty rare. It is rare, and, and I think that um, this shows you two things. One, first and foremost, is that Garrett Nelson's a pretty darn good football player to basically go from being a guy who's completely off the radar that Nebraska really didn't know anything about to being an offered guy and then all of a sudden committed to Nebraska. And, and the other thing it shows you is that this staff is not afraid to go ahead and pull the trigger on an in-state kid that turns their head and and kind of forces the issue and, and makes them say, okay, wow, this kid can play football. And not only can he play football, but he loves Nebraska and wants to be a part of this team. So, um, you know, I think that uh, in-state recruiting is always kind of a – a touchy subject with whether you're talking with in-state coaches or or just the fans in general. You know, there's always a lot of opinions on Nebraska should be doing this in-state or Nebraska should be doing that in-state. Well, 
I, I think that what the staff has shown you is that if you're a really good football player, they're not afraid to go ahead and, and offer early and to kind of jump in head first on an in-state player. Uh, we I mean, saw, they got two 2019 offers out right now. Yeah, got two 2019 offers out right now. We saw that with Cameron Jurgens when they offered him after his freshman year of high school. Um, and once again with Garrett Nelson, who um, who fits that boundary outside linebacker position perfectly. I mean, this is a guy who can rush the quarterback as a defensive end, as an extreme, extremely quick first step. Um, and not ju- is not just fast, but also has pass rush moves. I mean, you don't see that too often from a kid who just finishes sophomore year in high school, uh, but is also athletic enough to to uh, uh, to play the run uh, in space as that outside linebacker to drop into coverage and, and cover tight ends or, or wide receivers. He's got a motor, and, and he's got a motor. He's a very passionate kid. Um, talking with him too, I mean, he's a very well spoken kid who's very passionate, and I mean, he, you can just tell that. He is he is a natural leader. Um, you know, with the interview that he gave me, you know, he, he was getting me fired up when he was telling me why he picked Nebraska and, and how excited he is to be a part of Nebraska's football program and and how excited he is to to play this boundary outside linebacker position that he feels like he is a perfect fit for. Um, you know, you just you don't hear sophomores in high school talk like that very often, and he's um, just kind of the total package. And this is going to be a player that is, um, you know, going to really help Nebraska. Nebraska, I think, sell, you know, kind of a be of a be an in-state recruiter for them, so to speak. Um, and it, it was amazing to see how quickly he kind of acclimated and, and become became a part of Nebraska's team. Like you mentioned in the open on Friday Night Lights uh, during the camp, he didn't participate this week. But he was hanging around Nebraska's players and and some of the other recruits that were there. And if you didn't know better, you'd think that he was already on the well, team. And he did commit, but at that point, he just had not made it public. Exactly, right? he had committed Friday, um, you know, before the camp started. Didn't make it public until Saturday night. But uh, it was just it was pretty amazing to see. I remember telling you, I'm like, geez, he's acting. If you didn't know better, you'd you'd think he was already a part of the team. Well, he technically was, I guess, at that point in time. But still, for a 16-year-old to be hanging around college students and and you know cutting it up with these guys and acting like he's part, you know, one of them already is pretty impressive. He's got a great personality, and uh, and he's definitely going to be, I think, a fan favorite for years to come. Well, Nebraska for 2019 has already offered him and got to commit. Uh, Nick Henrik from Omaha Burke. Um, has an offer. He's got Iowa and, and a few others, Minnesota. Um, and the other intriguing guy for 19 is Chris Hickman, Nate. He was at the camp as well from Omaha Burke. He's a t- teammate of Nick Henrik, has an old Miss offer, an Iowa State offer, uh, looked really good at the camp on Friday. Um, and you got to think he's high up on the early offer board as well. Uh, yeah, you got to think so. I mean, he was extremely impressive during the camp, especially during the one-on-one portion where there wasn't a linebacker at the camp that could cover him. I mean, he he torched everybody. It wasn't even close. Uh, he's got tremendous hands, obviously a very athletic guy that, that is fast, can run very well and uh, and jump, uh, you know, basically uh, out jump anybody with that big 6'5 frame of his big long armed guy with soft hands. So, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy who's squarely on the radar. Um, it looked like. Uh, 
tight end coach Tavita Thompson was was impressed with what he saw. Um, so I, I think that you know if there's another player in the state in that 2019 class that you can kind of point to as being maybe close to getting a Nebraska offer, I would think that it would have to be Chris Hickman. Well, then uh, another interesting development, Nate, over the week is Nebraska's already landed two walk-on commits for 2018, and, and we've been doing this a long time. And this is about as early as it comes with walk-on commits, but I think I think with the way the cycle is moving earlier and earlier, um, you know, with schools filling up faster and faster, and now it's going to even be crazier with the December signing day, I think you're going to see more and more of this um, with some guys – um, you know, that really want to be at a certain program uh, that know they're not going to get power five offers, but have a chance to be a good player with development. Uh, they're going to take walk on offers. Nebraska got a quarterback out of Missouri, um, uh, Brett Har- or Bart Harris, who um, was a top standout at the rivals camp in St. Louis. Uh, and they got a, a really developmental receiver out of Lincoln Southwest, uh, Justin Holm, you know, who's got a big six, 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 five type frame. Yeah, two impressive gets uh, for walk-ons, and I don't really recall any walk-on committing uh, this early in the cycle, but I I think it it is kind of due to the fact that Nebraska, uh, where they're at in their process for this 2018 class, uh, which is well ahead of schedule, um, with it being a smaller class, I, I think that uh, with the numbers that they have, they've been able to kind of turn their attention to not only recruiting underclassmen, uh, but also kind of turning their attention to to walk-ons and, and identifying guys that would be tremendous preferred walk-ons. And, and both these guys fit the bill. Uh, Bart Harris is 6'5", 205-pound kid uh, with a strong arm, can make all the throws, very accurate football player. Um, you know, accurate passer, and and I think that uh, you know he he came to both Friday Night Lights camps. Um, was already on the radar before those camps, obviously. But after the first Friday Night Lights camp, they they asked him to stick around for Big Red Weekend on that Saturday, and he did. Uh, and then it was at that point in time that they offered him a preferred walk-on spot, and, and they they said that we'd like you to come back next week and and work out again, and uh, you know take a little time to to think about it. Well, he, so he spent that next week thinking about the the uh, the walk-on offer that he had, and this is a kid. Who, who had a handful of FCS offers? North, Northwest Missouri State, um, I think Missouri State, uh, Illinois State, uh, it, and, and I think Southern Illinois, um, maybe a couple others. But so he had some some FCS offers. Took that week to think about it. Came back for Friday Night Lights. Was able to to work out with a lot of the talent that was on campus, uh, especially a guy like Mario Goodrich, who he he played Pop Warner football with, and he decided, you know what, this is the place for me. Um, Nebraska told him that, hey, look, we're not bringing in a scholarship quarterback in the 2018 class, so you're going to be the only guy we bring in in this class, and that was very appealing to him because he thinks that he has the talent to eventually earn an offer and and to compete with the guys that Nebraska has on campus so um you know and you got to like a midwest quarterback nate those guys typically don't get that high level coaching and development so the upside with him 
might be higher than your typical quarterback where he could, you know, like you said, make himself an offer type guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this isn't a kid who's worked out with, with, uh, you know, Steve, a, Steve Clarkson, a, a, or yeah, a trainer, trainer, a trainer every day, uh, of the, of the year for, for a handful of years or a, a quarterback guru of, of some sort every day for, for however, however many years. So, uh, yeah, the upside is definitely through the roof. And then you have to love what Justin Holm brings to the table. He's a Lincoln Southwest kid, uh, six, five, six, six, uh, big, big hands can go up and get the football, uh, it, you know, just, uh, really kind of, a, a raw prospect at this point in time hasn't played I don't think a ton of football uh, but who more most certainly impressed uh, during that Friday Night Lights camp last weekend he made play after play and really grabbed Nebraska's attention and much like Bart Harris they they pulled him aside after the camp and said hey look we'd like you to stick around and, and attend uh, Big Red weekend on Saturday and he ended up getting that preferred walk-on offer and, and committed to it almost immediately so both of these are kids that want to play for Nebraska believe in what's taking place in Lincoln with the program and uh, you know we're more than willing to to go ahead and say you know what um, I'll take that preferred walk-on spot in this class and and both these guys believe in themselves enough to to think that they won't be walk-ons for very long in their career well it's going to be a, a busy week as well with the opening so ma- make sure you stay on Husker online as any developments that come um, you know, later developments from Friday Night Lights are the opening. Uh, we'll be we'll have full updates uh, throughout the weekend, but that wraps it up here uh, for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 